0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the BuckNotes Morning Five here on Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Nice weather here in the capital city of Ohio. Hope everybody had some nice weather and had some good time with family and friends. Um, a lot to get into for with Steve and I again, if you guys are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. That really helps. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Thank you very much. All right, let's start with some defensive recruiting talk, Steve. Then we'll get to the 2023 team itself. Um, just a broad question. I'm going to ask you about a couple of DBs specifically in a moment that uh, are going to make their decisions in the next month. But what do you? Buckeyes are on fire with defensive recruiting. What do you attribute that to the most? I know there's a variety of factors, Steve, but do you think it's You know, the the second year of the staff being together. Do you think it's uh, NIL? What do you think uh, is going on with defensive recruiting picking up?
2: Well, I think, first of all, that they they saw the need that they needed to address the talent level on that side of the football. The results were not what they needed them to be. And I know they say, oh, we don't go by rankings. But when you're playing a bunch of three-star guys and four-star guys and don't have any five-star guys, it's pretty – and your your defense isn't any good – then in the big games, at least, then it's pretty obvious that, you know, you need some more four and five star guys. So I think that was one, two, and and that's a very, very, uh, you know, base level explanation. Obviously there's a lot more that goes into it, particularly the exact things you're looking for within each position group. Secondly, I think it's continuity. I think it is the second year with Jim Knowles and uh, Tim Walton and Perry Eliano And those three guys have really gotten entrenched. They brought on James Laurinaitis to help out Jim Knowles with the linebacker group. And that can only help. And Larry Johnson, obviously the only holdover on the defensive side. Uh, So to me, it was continuity. It was a renewed emphasis, I think from Ryan day, perhaps involvement by Ryan day, Uh, you know, maybe even involvement by Brian Hartline. I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it, you know, because they have area coaches, they have position coaches. Uh, there's a lot of crossover and different things that happen with the recruiting by this staff. I think most of it's position coach driven at this point. But uh, to me, I think that it was a combination of things. And I guess now you just sit back and hope for the best. I mean, you look at what's coming in the next month. You've got Kingston, I hope I say this right, Villy Amo. Asu, who is going to commit July 23rd. You have uh, Aaron Scott. I believe he's July 30th, the cornerback from Springfield. And then KJ Bolden, the safety is uh, August the 5th. So there's three top level guys all in the top 100 that would uh, really help this bottom line on defense, particularly Bolden. He's like, top 10 in the country. Scott's in the top 50. So uh, to me, I, I want to see what transpires here in the next 30 days. There's probably other guys. They just got Justin Scott, the big timer from Chicago. So uh, it's trending upward. And, uh, you know, I got asked in my chat, do you think this class will end up number one? I think it's going to be in the running for number one. But again, I don't put a a ton of stock in in being having the number one class i don't worry so much about that i think if you get great players great people across the board and fill your position needs then that's probably more important than having the class ranked number one or number two i want to be ranked number one or number two on the field dave that's where i want to be ranked number one
0: hosting that trophy babe you want to be like number one like in first place like the cincinnati reds for example that's it Let's do a Reds Reds. Show, Dave. You know, I mean, I, I know we all figured we'd be sitting here on July 5th and the Reds would be in first place. We all predicted it. We have Neil down here. wanted to talk Buckeyes, Reds, and Bengals. You probably won't want to talk about the latter, Steve, being a Browns fan, but you are a diehard Reds fan. We're going to talk Buckeyes. Well, uh, we are feeling very good about the Cincinnati Reds, though. There's no doubt about it. I don't think Dylan Stewart, um, Mika, I don't think that Dylan Stewart does have a commit date yet, um. What's funny about that is, like, you know, you got some people putting in crystal balls for Ohio State that I really trust. And then you have the South Carolina insiders are all confident that Dylan Stewart's going to go there. But uh, I side with our insiders. Uh, I don't have any inside information there myself, but I like it. This is follow- not follow- the
2: 2001 Outback
0: Bowl, Dave. South Carolina yeah. is That's not it. beating Ohio State. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, it's you know, maybe sometimes you'd worry about like the bag. I mean, in the NIL era, you really don't have to worry about that. Ohio State's guys are being taken care of. So, I feel good about Dylan Stewart when he's got a phong bomb Then We'll see what happens, though. Um, you mentioned Aaron Scott. I want to talk about him. What's your gut feeling? He is announcing on July 30th. Um, that's his dad's birthday. I think he's a Buckeye. I know that uh, he's been crystal balled by the you know some heavy hitters to the Buckeyes. What's your thoughts on Aaron Scott?
2: Yeah, I would say leaning Buckeye. I would think it is Ohio State is the team to beat and uh, may already uh, – In his mind, it may, you know, could even be a silent commitment already to Ohio State. I don't know, but uh, I do believe that Ohio State is uh, going to be, uh, uh, you know, the team to beat, certainly for Aaron Scott. I think that that's probably what it will be on that date. Uh, It would be a surprise if it's not. Again, that's his dad's birthday. His dad's a big Ohio State fan. So can't think of a better present to give dear old dad than to, say, hey, I'm going to play for your favorite college football team for the next four years. So uh, that should be uh, interesting, certainly, to see what happens with that. But uh, I I would think Ohio State and, uh, you know, Springfield has been one of the top football programs with Mo Douglas moving over there a few years ago. Uh, they've been in the state Final Four and, and contended for state championships. So uh, open up the floodgates there in Springfield. They've produced – a lot of good football talent. They used to have two high schools, Springfield North and South, and they combined them. And uh, that has uh, resulted in a a ton of great football teams and players here in the last probably 10 or 15 years. And it's time for Ohio State to start mining some of that talent and
0: start with Aaron Scott. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, Tim Walton did a great job getting uh, Bryce West of a great job. He's a, a Glenville kid. I don't know. Uh, Ohio State's going to miss out on any Glenville kids that they really want. But still, he gets Bryce West and then gets Aaron Scott. Even though they're Ohio kids, that's a great job by Tim Walton. And I agree with you. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, you mentioned K.J. Bolden as well. That'd be a huge get. Number 10 overall player in the country. Number one safety in the country. Kid out of Buford, Georgia. Ohio State continues to recruit Georgia well. This is interesting. I like it when the Dean and the Fong are simpatico. When they are just completely on the same page. You have a Fong bomb in for Georgia. The land Bolden, boo, boo. Steve Wulf. No, I'm not booing him really. Uh, but you have the, the dean does not have a, a dean bomb in. He doesn't have a crystal ball in, but he does like Ohio State's chances. Yes, uh, he's I don't been know very
2: bullish on Ohio State, and he said all the Ohio State commitments have been in touch with KJ Bolden to put, really put their word in and say, "Hey, man, you got to be part of this." So,
0: you know, this we'll see. Yeah, I mean, do you have any? I mean, what, what's your take on? I guess if I had to guess, because Steve. Wilfong has put his crystal ball, and I guess I would go with that if I had to guess. I hope I'm wrong. A kid from Georgia, he's got a crystal ball to Georgia from Steve Wilfong. I don't know, man. I got, You had to bet. What do you think is going to happen there? That's going to be a tough, tough nut
2: to crack, I think. I think that, uh, again, being from right there in Georgia, that it's uh, probably um, – you know, just easier, I think, for him to to take that road less traveled or the road more traveled down to uh, Athens, as opposed to leaving the state and uh, going off to the unknown. Perhaps in some regards, at Ohio State, uh, I think there's opportunities at Ohio State, certainly for a a, a top. You know, because because they're playing older guys at safety now, so the 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 uh, the, the there's going to be a changing of the guard at safety at Ohio state by 2024. So, uh, you know, the opportunity would be there uh, for a younger guy to come in and play. So I want to see, uh, you know, again, what, uh, what happens there, but uh, I, I would find it hard to believe he's not going to go to Georgia, but again, Bill has a crystal ball, to, but he does believe Ohio state has a good chance. And I think that, uh, you know, We'll see how it plays out this next month.
0: got a couple of questions about this. Uh, where's the question from Mika that I wanted to get up here? There it is. Boom. We've had somebody else ask this question too. This is coming from Mika on YouTube. Does missing out on Lightfoot mean we offer an in-state prospect like Brian Robinson or push for someone push harder for someone else like Booker Pickett Jr. Let's talk about Brian Robinson, a polarizing figure. I don't know, Steve. I feel like they they don't want to go after Brian Robinson. what do, What do you think?
2: I think that the jury is out on that. I think Larry Johnson probably would have liked it better if Brian had worked out at camp instead of just showing up at camp uh, this past uh, month. I think that uh, they want to see some back-to-back-to-back game film of him healthy and making plays at Fitch. And, you know, he is outstanding – Uh, in the workouts, in the camps, and these kind of things. But I think there's some question about durability, availability. I think he was a healthy scratch for a game, it sounds like, up there. So, uh, you know, you want to see consistency, consistency of effort, consistency of production, uh, durability, health. I think all those things, if they can check every one of those boxes through week five, of the high school season. And I just use that could be three games, maybe if he plays great, the first three games and they got that on tape and they're watching that. And they're seeing, I think his production is under a microscope in the first four or five games of this season. Is he really a big 10 caliber national, you know, top 10 caliber type player. I mean, his ranking, his ranking, if somebody who just goes to the camps and kills it, he's in the top 150, I think, or whatever. And uh, he was a star at the Under Armour camp that I was at. But again, you know, I, I, they do their homework. Ohio State, <laughs> they, believe me, uh, we had a friend, <laughs> had, have, the great Bill Green once said, uh, you know, about Trestle, You know, the dropping the ball on a recruit, he said, ball never gets dropped. Ball never gets dropped. It it's dropped if they want to drop it. So, you know, (laughs) I think I think this is an instance where the ball's been dropped because they aren't sure that, you know, they wanna wanna hang on to it just yet. But that could change if he shows all those things in the first few weeks of the upcoming season. So uh, that's that's my point on Brian Robinson. I, I like Brian. Brian's a good kid. I've talked to his dad for three years now. And, uh, you know, I think that some of the issues have been out of his hands with health. And I think some of the issues have been self-made. You know, as I said, there's the rumor report that they skipped a game against Maslin because something wasn't right. Now, maybe they were in their right to skip the game. I don't know. But uh, you know, I guess we'll have to, to, to figure that out. You, you know, if you're going to surround yourself with somebody 48 weeks out of the year, you want them to be a quality person, somebody that you can depend on. And I think that that's
0: where some of this issue lies right now. Let's switch gears and talk about the 2023 team itself. The schedule is very interesting. I did a piece last week ranking the opponents in order. I want to talk about the top four. I'm going to get your take on the top four toughest games uh, assuming you agree in whatever order the toughest games will be uh, against the rivals up north against Penn State against Notre Dame and against Wisconsin those are the top four so I had in order the game being the toughest in the big at the big house then two through four to me Steve you almost could like juggle them up and spit them out in any order because they're so close to me but I went with even though it's in Columbus I went with Penn State number two at Notre Dame number three At Wisconsin and Luke Fickle, which is so weird to say. Wisconsin and Luke Fickle, I put them fourth. But, man, Wisconsin, that's going to be a tough game. It's a week after Penn State. It's at Wisconsin. You know Fick's going to have his guys ready. They've got a good quarterback in Mordecai that's transferred in. Um, They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have good defense. So how would you rank them one through four, Mr. Hellwagon?
2: Yeah, I like that Wisconsin game is going to be a tough one, as you said, and it comes at a, a difficult time on the schedule, no question. Uh, Michigan's clearly number one, and that is the uh, the hurdle that Ohio State has to clear. Uh, Penn State, uh, there's a lot of people think Penn State is a top 10 team, and if this was a year from now, in 2024, a top 10 team's good enough to be in the playoff, obviously, but uh, this year still got to be in the top four. So that elusive First playoff berth for Penn State, still kind of dangling out there. And uh, their vision quest is getting through Michigan and Ohio State the same year, which – it's going to be uh, harder, you know. Easier said than done, obviously. Even with the superstar quarterback who everybody, you know, believes in, Drew Aller. So I guess we'll, we'll, you know, have to see how great he is in the run-up to that game. And uh, Notre Dame, uh, obviously, uh, Marcus Freeman burning to put his uh, stamp on the Notre Dame program and up for a restart after the way last season went. Uh, for Notre Dame and a uh, couple of uh, losses to to uh, lower schools and I think that uh, to, to get an early season win at home over Ohio State would mean the world for his credibility and the credibility of Notre Dame I, other than the quarterback transferring in from Wake Forest I'm not sure they have the team to do it but uh, Ohio State should have a clear talent advantage across the board on Notre Dame and it's a matter of going up there and playing uh, mistake-free football. Can't go up there and turn it over three times and expect you're going to come out of there with the win. So uh, to me, uh, that's a tough one. And then Wisconsin is the one you just don't see coming because, uh, first of all, you haven't been up there in so many years. Nobody on this roster has played a game there, so they don't know what that crucible at Camp Randall Stadium is all about. I'm going to tell you, the fans are right up on you. And uh, it's one of the loudest and most difficult places for a, for a visiting team to go in and play. They don't lose many games at Camp Randall Stadium, or at least uh, haven't, uh, you know, over the years. So uh, to me, uh, that's going to be uh, right there with, as you said, those are uh, those other three are one, two, two A, two B and two C, because uh, they're going to have to pack their lunch all three of those other games, I, I feel.
0: Yeah, it's a tough schedule. It's going to be a fun schedule, though. Um, I kind of maybe I wish this was the year there was the 12-team playoff. Now, nah, forget about that. Ohio State's going to take care of business this year and get in the playoff. We'll see what happens from there. Last thing, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Um, offensive tackles this year, are you feeling good about it? If you're Ohio State, you feeling good about Josh Fryer and, and Josh Simmons and some of the other guys they have in there, uh, Tegra, Zen? Um, or are you, you – do you have some trepidation there? A little bit of trepidation, but they've
2: got four very good candidates. And I think that spring was a very uh, humbling uh, time, I think, for everybody on the offensive side of the football in terms of protecting the quarterback. It's uh, a 10-man operation, you know, where that's involved and uh, trying to keep that guy upright so he can make plays. And they failed, you know, a preponderance of the times when the money was in the middle of the table, they failed at that. So to me, uh, I think that everybody goes into the preseason with their eyes wide open, understanding what's at stake, understanding what they did wrong, understanding that uh, you got to be technique sound. Uh, You can't lose your technique when you're getting bull rushed by JT Tui Maloau, you've got to rely on the things that you've been taught and i think that what's going to happen is there will be improvement and i think there will be gradual improvement over time and i do believe that by uh week four at notre dame they're going to have some systems in place to where they can say we can do this we can do this and we can do it well and to me, that's what is critical for this offense because they're going to be able to line up and run the ball. I think that that's not going to be a problem. I think that the, particularly with Donovan Jackson at, at guard, I think you're going to come up with some ways to use him and uh, put him in position to to wipe some people out. So, uh, to me, you're you're going to be fine. Uh, run the football. It's going to be, obviously, can you protect the new quarterback and make his life easier? And, uh, you know, I can't sit here today and say Josh Fryer is going to do this or Tegra Bola is going to do this. Or Josh Simmons is going to start 11 of the 13 games or anything like that. Or, or Zim Mahalski is the answer. I can't sit here and give you a name. I don't think Justin Fry could sit here and he really didn't, you know, when we talked to him a month and a half ago or whenever that was, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, he didn't sit there and rattle off and say, well, we got the great, you know, Josh Fryer. We got the great Tasha Tabula. He said, no, these guys need a lot of work, and they've got a tremendous amount of potential, and we got to get that potential out of them, and they're going to work night and day on that. I think they already have been. So uh, I I think it's going to work out. It's just getting from point A to point B is going to be a little bit of a journey, and there's going to be some – rock. there's going to be negative plays along the way. You know, just just mark it down. There's going to be – he's going to get sacked. Whoever the quarterback is, he's going to get sacked. There's going to be negative plays. And when you when that happens, you can't have the quarterback pressing and trying to get it all back on one play and make a mistake, throw a late down the middle, intercepted, return to the 10-yard line. You, you can't have that. So uh, that's what's critical about this whole situation, Dave, is that you've got to keep that quarterback – upright and some of it's going to be on the quarterback to elude uh, to step up in pockets and to uh, to drift out elude the rush it as i said it, it's going to be on everybody to make it happen and i think it will happen this offense too good to be to be clamped down just by this one issue so i think that uh, it's going to work out it's just it's going to be interesting getting from point a to
0: point b great stuff from steve hellwagon thank you very much steve Thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you're, again, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, it's free. Helps us out a lot. So please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks again to Steve. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. (music)